Art Supply Posse. Today's guest comes to us via a recommendation from past guest and listener Ivory Ocean. Thanks, Ivory, for the suggestion. Our artist captures realism, realism and emotion in her subjects in a way that honestly had me wanting to reach in and touch the screen as I was researching for our chat today. The, the artwork just... It just blew my mind the more I looked and the more I kept looking and I just knew I just knew I had to speak to her. So hello Cassie. Welcome to the Art Supply Posse. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So I'm gonna start with which possibly may be the most important question I can ask, which is simply, who is Cassie? Yeah, so um, my handle, I guess, online is Cassie Draws, but I go as Cassie, and uh, I am a wildlife and pet portrait artist, nature artist, if you will, from Canada, and I work mostly with acrylic. Uh, I dabble in a little bit of watercolor and pen and ink, and I just adore painting animals. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, that's that is that is just that comes through, and I uh, we won't go straight to it because, like you know, skipping things. But oh my goodness, you're yes. I, just love, I just love, I just love, I love as an as an as an animal Thank lover you. myself. It's always lovely to see someone creating uh, animal portraits. It's just yeah, it's quite special. Thank you. So I'm I'm curious to know what is your first artistic memory. Oh my gosh. Um, my first memory I have is actually from a school field trip. Um, so we went to Ottawa in Canada for mm -hmm. our school field trip at the end of the year. It was kind of a big deal, you know, our first yeah. kind of time away from mom and dad. Yeah. And we ended up going to the art gallery there. And I, before then, had really no um, run-ins with art. I'd always loved to, you know, sing and kind of be creative in school, but I had never really experienced it to that magnitude. Mm -hmm. And we went to the gallery and I mean, just the sheer size and volume of the amount of paintings and the building itself, it was just such a, an incredible experience. And that was fine. But the part that I remember the best, actually, believe it or not, was the gift shop afterwards. <laughs> and that, that's actually where I got my first sketchbook. Oh, wow. So they had a lot of, um, yeah, they had like a little artsy uh, area where you could pick up, you know, they had some some cheap pencils, you know, mm -hmm. erasers. And it was, I remember to this day, it was a Canson spiral bound like standard sketchbook. Mm -hmm. And I said to my mom, who was my chaperone, I said, you know, I really just want to buy this sketchbook. I know it's expensive, but you know, yeah. I'll really use it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll use it. I promise. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was from there. Um, I kid you not. It was like something just took off in my brain and I was doodling everywhere. So that has to be the first kind of memory that came to mind. <laughs> I love it. And it's it's funny you should say that because I have had or probably have and look it's been a long time since I've set foot in an art gallery because you know COVID. Uh but yes. I have had a love-hate relationship with the shops in art galleries because I've kind of been like mm -hmm. torn on one hand like wanting to buy all the art but then on the other kind of going, "Oh, you know, it just feels sometimes they feel a bit like not like a supermarket, but just like a, they've tacked this on, they've 
fill them with yes. not necessarily very good quality things to buy as such. Yes. I think that's probably been my biggest hate about them. But Feeling it like super commercial. Yeah. But it hadn't really, yes. I hadn't really thought of that whole aspect of finding your first sketchbook and buying your first sketchbook. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's not only a thing that children may be purchasing, but there would be adults quite possibly out there who have bought their first sketchbook from an art gallery shop after being yes, inspired. Exactly. And that was, it was almost like I was just brimming with creativity that I had never really experienced before. I'm like, you know, looking at all the, you know, they have, of course, the old masters, but they had a lot of cool new exhibits of, you know, artists from the area and all that kind of stuff. And I was just brimming and like this bubbling of like, oh, I just want to, I want to draw too. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, so it's a great thing. And I'm completely with you. A lot of times you can really run into the very commercial, buy this print, you know, (laughs) of, you know, art piece or and although that's great supporting artists sometimes you're just it's like bombarding you know there's so much it's like whoa yeah so so why art yeah you know I I think about this all the time and a lot of people will ask me um why I chose artwork or you know what about it and it feels really lame to say that it was just a feeling or a oh, calling that there was, yeah, there was something there um, that was just calling to me, I guess is the best way to describe it. And it, it makes me happy. I know that sounds um, so cliche, but just it brings so much joy. And even in, you know, our, our world right now, the world that we're living in, mm-hmm. um, we are so, you know, bombarded with a lot right social media the news all that kind of stuff so it's kind of an escape as well I think a lot of us I think can definitely resonate with that of it being an escape and you kind of just dive into your work and create something from nothing and it was such and is still to this day a rewarding kind of experience and feeling how do you go though because you are working as a full-time artist how do you go with maintaining that love and joy with the fact that it's a job like it's a, it's it's your employment yes I mean I'm assuming you oh, well yeah. maybe you do but uh, you know I'm a, I'm gonna guess you're not necessarily turning up at you know 9am every morning and working until 5pm or whatever with you know at <laughs> an hour lunch break or right like, do you know what I mean so like how do you how do you yes. make it or keep it your passion without turning it into a chore a thing you have to do oh yes and it is very difficult yeah I'm really glad you brought that up because that's kind of the not so glamorous side of Mm -hmm. being a full-time artist truly Mm -hmm. um it's sometimes that line gets very blurred you know very close where you're like oh man not today (laughs) but you know the biggest thing that I found and again everyone will be different but what works for me is really having time for personal art that's not being recorded, that is not being posted anywhere, Mm -hmm. that's not being shown. Um, I have a little uh, secret Cassie Draws vault of art um, that is just for me, whether it be a study or, you know, a sketch that's gone wrong that I'm like, oh, never. (laughs) I would never post that, you know. Um, But really kind of carving out time for you yeah. Um, because otherwise you will find yourself working 24 seven. Yeah. That's a really good, a really good tip, a really good suggestion. 
I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. So studies, anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> there's another. There's another collection of you know in a hundred years when when um, people are going through the the archives of Cassie, they'll find that and then they'll be like, oh my goodness, here's all this unpublished work. Is that no? yes, yes. How come we never saw that? And you know, here's me like, oh no, <laughs> beyond the grave, yes. <laughs> coming to haunt people. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they found it. Don't sell that. <laughs> you put that in a gallery, really? <laughs> I know. I do wonder sometimes. Oh, it's so true. Oh, I'm cringing. I got to burn it all now. Thanks. <laughs> but it is, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because, and particularly with a lot of the older masters and things, you know, we look at their work and we love their work or we don't, like depending on personal taste and stuff. But you have to wonder at the time how much of it that they were creating did they want kept? Did they want shown? Like right. you know, just because they didn't destroy it doesn't mean they necessarily wanted the world to see it. Right. But, I mean, they can't of do course. about it, but it kind of makes you think sometimes. No. <laughs> Oh, definitely of like, oh, you know, people who are, you know, big art collectors, like maybe they have their most hated piece mm -hmm. and yet they love it the best, right? <laughs> so, yes, I'm thinking twice now. Definitely something to think about. Maybe maybe put with that stash of personal things a note to the future curators and just say, listen, <laughs> I didn't like this or this was made for me only. Maybe think twice before sharing it with the world. I don't know. Like, <laughs> and neither do you. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe put a warn tack a warning on the end just saying, look, I will come back to haunt you if I find this out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly oh my gosh yes now every artist is thinking twice about that hidden stash yeah. now <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> so how did like your love for, for acrylic is is obvious how did acrylic come to be your thing like was it the first medium you played with aside from you know the pen and ink or like how how is it that acrylic is your love? Yeah, it's uh, actually a bit of a winding road, actually, <laughs> um, from when I first started. But um, originally, I was mostly just working with pencil. It was the most readily available thing that I had. Um, but I actually kind of took a detour for a while and started working with digital um, uh -huh. mediums. So I was yeah. doing a lot of Photoshop work. And um, I went to school for graphic design. So it was kind of much more on the computer. Um, it was back when CS2 was around and the first Wacom <laughs> tablet. So um, aging myself a little, but um, yeah, I actually started there. And to be quite honest with you, I, I actually stopped doing artwork through school. Mm -hmm. um, sadly, I wish I think back now I should have kept with it. Who knows where I would have been, right? We all think about yeah. that, but yeah. um, it wasn't till after where I started actually with colored pencil Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up getting injured. So I started to have a lot of hand pain, cramps. Um, mm -hmm. Turns out that I have fibromyalgia, which is a whole other podcast. Yep. Yes. <laughs> but um, it's it was affecting my hands um, quite a lot. I wasn't able to draw. So I had to find an alternative yeah. that would be a lot softer and easier for me. It was the 
pressure of using the pencils and Mm -hmm. whatnot to kind of get the color and shade that I was looking for. I was just pressing and gripping too hard. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my doctor basically said, Hey, you know, you're going down the road of carpal tunnel tendonitis. You know, you really have to find something else. Yeah. As soon as you hear those words, you're like, Oh, okay, fine. You know, this is really serious at the time I was like 24. So I'm like, Oh gosh, I got the rest of my art career ahead (laughs) of me. You know, I got to fix this. Yeah. Um, So yeah, from there, um, I obviously was very upset and um, was kind of reading some forums online, um, you know, people who were experiencing the same problems and painting came up that, Mm -hmm. you know, the paint, you don't really need any pressure to put down that color or texture, you kind of let the brush do the work for you. And uh, I went out to the local art store the next day and picked up a bunch of tubes of acrylic. And I said, well, either this is going to go really great, or it's going to be awful, but we're going to find out. (laughs) Sometimes that's the best, the best way too is to just experiment and see what happens. Exactly. Yeah. And ever since then, um, I just really picked up a lot, watched a lot of YouTube um, (laughs) to learn how to use it. And I'm sure we've all got little playlists of how to's. (laughs) So I used a lot of those. And yeah, and then from there, it just kind of, um, it latched on to me and it's been attached to me ever since. (laughs) I love that description. That's perfect. Oh, yes. (laughs) Did you find there was any carryover from from the art you were creating in the pencils and how you were working, you know, thinking about colour and light and shadow and things like that? Did any of that carry over into the move to paint or was that almost like a whole new process, learning process? Yeah, that's a really good point. I would say that um, there was a lot of carryover um, in terms of like, especially layering. I found layering with the colored pencil um, to the acrylic was very similar, you know, except it was flipped, working from your lights to your darks. And then with acrylic, I'll work from dark to light, mm-hmm. um, but kind of just really paying attention to that, to fur texture. Um, I, you know, if you've seen my, my website, my work, I work with a lot of like big cats and things. Yeah. I love, love, love big cats. So yeah. um, learning how fur works with the different, you know, directions of hair and um, lighting and all that good stuff, it really did carry over quite nicely. The only thing I guess that really didn't was just how to like hold your paintbrush and color mixing was a huge, I mean, pencil crayons or colored pencils come mixed for you, you know? Um, So be having to go, okay, well, this lion's this beautiful yellow orange and I just have red and yellow, (laughs) (laughs) you know, what do I do? (laughs) So that was the challenge is learning how to do that for sure. Yeah. So why do you like, like, why pets? Why wildlife? Why animals? Like, what is it about them that you love so much? Yes. Um, it, two, it's a two-parter um, mm-hmm. where I actually started with Lion King. So oh, I am a huge fan of Yes. I'm a huge fan of Disney. Um, Lion King was my favorite movie growing up as a kid. So kind of working back to my first story of my trip to the art gallery. That was the first thing that I actually sketched in my sketchbook was these lion characters. So yeah, yeah, Simba, you know, Mufasa, all them. uh, From there, I said to myself, well, I can draw cartoon ones 
part two would be my favorite artist is Robert Bateman. Mm-hmm. So I was, he's a well-known um, wildlife painter and, and artist. And so I'm like, well, maybe I can try to be Robert Bateman <laughs> and um, kind of took the two together and kind of smushed them. And that's how um, the kind of wildlife thing really came to fruition. And they just, something about them and conservation as well, I think is a great point, um, you know, endangered species. My goal when I was creating my business and going full time was I want to leave a legacy when mm-hmm. I'm no longer here. What am I going to be known for? What is Cassie Draws going to mean to people? Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to have much more than, oh, yeah, she made some cool art. You know, I really wanted to kind of, um, I'm going to go on tangents now. I really wanted to be known and mean something. And so, you know, conservation and seeing Robert Bateman's work and then kind of my start in lions and big cats was kind of how it all, (laughs) I rolled it all together and was like, this is it. (laughs) Well, it's a fascinating subject because for many of us, we don't see big cats outside of a zoo. Like that's just the reality that a lot of us live in, live with. Yes. And yet they are so stunning an animal they're beautiful yes they're they're obviously they're strong and they're scary and they can kill and all those sorts of things but they are also sure they're majestic they're just I mean I love them I you know obviously and I think having the opportunity to purchase that as a piece of artwork to have in your home or even just simply admire it from afar if 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 purchasing art isn't you know within your budget or within your your life story it's it's just Mm -hmm. something that you don't necessarily come across as often as say and there is not that there's anything wrong with this but say as in the you know the portrait of a cat or a dog which you know I'm a dog lover I've got two dogs trust me I have more photos of my dogs and drawing of my dogs than anyone would ever really want (laughs) but it, it is that thing of you know a big cat you don't see it very often you don't come across it very often and I guess too because of their size that's quite an arresting portrait to have, you know, it's, 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 it's yes. a whole package. It's a whole thing. Yeah. It's, I completely agree with you and I'm the same and, you know, we only can now see them really in zoos a lot of times. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, although that's awesome for, you know, the survival of species and et cetera, but yes, to have a, a painting of your favorite animal, right. We all have one, yeah. I'm sure. And to have it in your home and, you know, kind of just, it almost like I say, it becomes a part of you, you know, and to have your favorite artists work and their passion. It's just, it's such a rewarding experience on both sides for the artists and for the collector as well. Yeah, definitely. So, so when you made that decision to to become a you know a full time artist, what was that process like? Because obviously, you know, your art was your passion, art was your love, but it is a big leap to turn mm-hmm. that into your full time employment. So, what? Definitely. Like, why did you make that decision? Was it simply, oh, I'm done with working, you know, a nine to five job, or were you following your passion? Like, what? What sort of was that like for you? Yeah. So um, originally I went to school for animation and graphic design Mm -hmm. and I thought that was my passion at the time. Again, you've heard from the time you're in elementary school to high school that art is not a viable career option. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's no money to be made, the whole starving artist thing. And so 
you know, not even necessarily by my parents, but your peers or your teachers or, you know, whoever it may be in your life. So I just felt compelled. I'm like, okay, it's artsy graphic design. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's, there's more practicality there. Right. So I was kind of close. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I went to school for that and um, I ended up getting a job in my field and I actually quit in two days. So oh, wow. I ended up getting this. Yes. Yeah. It was <laughs> imagine that conversation, right? With my parents of, Hey mom and dad, I got this job. I'm excited. They asked me to, you know, work for them. Oh, great. Han. And then two days later, I'm like, I hate this <laughs> after four years of school. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a mountain of debt, we all know how expensive uh-huh. uh, post-secondary is. So, yeah. Yeah. um, driving home, needless to say that day on the second, uh, day of work, I am shaking in my boots. I'm sweating. And uh, I come through the front door and my parents are sitting down for dinner and they look over and they're like, honey, what's wrong? (laughs) And I'm like, well, you know, pull the chair out, sit down. You see, uh, I hate this. And it was, it was like crickets. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I can't, do this anymore. And it wasn't necessarily the people I loved the people that I was working with. Uh Um, It was just feeling totally unfulfilled. Yeah. I'm like, can I imagine sitting behind this desk, doing this job for the rest of my life until we retire? That's a long time. Yes, it is. And yeah. So I'm like, I said to them, I said, I want to be an artist. And you know, they I could see that the wheels were turning, right? They were, they were chewing on it (laughs) and they're like, okay, well, I mean, you are an artist, you're a graphic artist. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like fine (laughs) art, like painting and, you know, portrait work. And they're like, okay. (laughs) My parents, bless their heart, were very supportive. Um, It basically was, we'll give you a year and, you know, we'll see how you do. And from there, we'll revisit, you know, so they gave me the nudge that I needed a timeline to kind of get my stuff together, if you will. (laughs) But um, I kind of see how it unfolds and and then go from there. And this is six years ago, almost. Wow. Yeah, that's great. It's good that you had like unloading all of this on you. (laughs) No, no, no. It's a fascinating thing because there are people that I am sure have thought about doing this, but haven't. necessarily had the support there and I think hearing from others who have been through a similar situation and had that similar thoughts it's encouraging and it's helpful and it may be your words may be enough to push somebody into making that decision so I think I hope so I think it's a really good thing to share because I feel we often celebrate or we often talk about yes, I am a full-time artist and I am working and I am booked out for two years and, uh, you know, but there's a reality to that as well that there was a time when that wasn't the case and when you had to make that leap and when you weren't happy working where you were working and you made that decision yeah. and you had that support but not everyone has that and I think hearing more from people going, look, it was hard and scary but I made it work, here's how I made it work or this is why it worked for me, it may not work entirely for you in the same way, but try it. Like, just try it, you know. And I oh, think, I think absolutely. we need to talk about that more in the world. Yeah. It. I mean, oh, my gosh. I think that was the scariest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Honestly, is yeah. just kind of letting your 
guard it's that fear of failure really mm-hmm. as we we all have it as humans we just don't want to fail i mean no one wants to feel like oh i tried this and it didn't work out you know so it's always in the back of your mind of what if this doesn't work out i mean the biggest question is where am i going to you know get money to pay my bills mm-hmm. you know those don't stop right no. <laughs> they don't care you want to pursue your dream the yeah. bank is like hey <laughs> you know so you know, mortgages, rent, your visa, whatever. So it's like all of those factors and they are super important. But also I always say to, you know, budding artists or people who are going to take that leap is you only get one chance, one go around. That was what my parents had instilled in me and told me that night um, was you get one opportunity to go for this and live your life your way. And Mm -hmm. go for those dreams. And I would rather be 90 years old and say, you know what? I tried it. I might not have succeeded in the way that I was hoping for, but I don't have any regrets. Yeah. You know, and that for me was was enough that I could sleep at night if it didn't work. At least I tried. And I definitely encourage go for it. You never know until you try. Yeah. That's, That's such a good point. And it's such good advice. So you you also you share your work or you your creative process through Twitch, and that's a whole yes. other that's a whole other uh, place to share art, which is fascinating considering what it was, you know, originally designed for, which is probably not the right term, the right word, you know, gaming. But it's become yeah. a creative yes. community as well for art, and I, I I say that with a little bit of trepidation because I know uh, gaming is a whole other place for art as well really um but yes but why twitch like why did you decide it was important to share your process of making your art as opposed to just making it and then sharing the completed you know work with people yeah yeah so to be quite honest with you the biggest kind of reason behind twitch at first was to find a way to monetize my content Mm -hmm. Um, that was my full purpose was okay I know that the grind of Instagram the grind of Twitter or DeviantArt or you know finding galleries that would accept my work or you know your exhibitions or county fairs only come around once a year. Mm-hmm. I had to find a way to monetize the other 10 months um, yeah. of really waiting for commissions and, uh, you know, people who wanted to purchase originals and sometimes, and most times <laughs> when you get started, those are really hard to find. So yeah. it kind of started off as a way to supplement some of that income. Mm-hmm. But it became so much more. It just evolved into this sense of community. And I call them my family, really, the viewers that I have and the friends that I've made. Um, you know, it's evolved into this own uh, kind of culture and community. It's amazing. So, um, yeah. yeah, definitely first to start off um, with making some some income, if I could get subscriptions or donations. And then now it's more of, I just, I love the feeling of being able to share my work and be surrounded with like-minded people who love art or maybe create art themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like... Um having their support with you as you're working through a piece, working through whatever you're doing. Like they're not only cheering yes. you on, but they're also just sharing their lives as well. And it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a wonderful place. I think it's, it's, it's a whole, it's fascinating. And uh, it's probably another podcast episode talking to someone. Yes. 
Yeah, it's just a, it's a it's a it's fascinating to me how it sort of was meant to be one thing and it has come another thing and that whole community part of it which possibly even the creators weren't aware was going to become such a big thing this community that that is there for everybody. Oh, definitely. They've got their own community. Yeah. It's an amazing place. And I always say, you know, there is something for everyone on Twitch. You mm-hmm. know, I get a lot of people asking me, you know, oh, well, I like to knit or I like to crochet. Um, what do you think? And I'm like, go for it. Like my my mom actually um, runs her own business. She started doing uh, paper crafts. So doing a lot of custom cards or um, kind of like uh, knitting mm-hmm. uh you know, cross stitching, all that kind of stuff, handmade artesian stuff. And uh, she's, you know, sorry, mom, in her 60s. Mm-hmm. And she got on Twitch. So wow. she started her own Twitch stream, saw me doing it, fell in love with the community, the culture, and was like, you know what, I'm gonna try it too. So now she's streaming. So we got wow. a whole streamer house happening. <laughs> but it's, you know, And the community just embraced her. Like, it was so incredible to see, you know, she worried she would be up at night and talking to me and like, what if they don't like me? Like, what if Mm -hmm. they think I'm old or, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those things? And what if I don't relate? And, you know, the community was like, hey, mama, like they knew her from my stream. Yeah. And they just were like, this is awesome. Good for you. And really just kind of encouraged her to continue as well. So there's something for everyone no matter your age, where you come from, your craft, there is a spot for you on Twitch. I love it. That is that is fantastic. And I'm going to have to go and find her now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So how long, like, how long do you spend on a piece of art? And, like, is there, how is your process? Like, if we if we think about, okay, let's, let's just use me as the example. Let's say I commission you yeah. to create me a uh, piece of art. Uh, I don't know, let's just pick a tiger, first thing that comes to mind. How, what is that yeah. process like of working with, with, with a customer, like for you, for them? What's that sort of process like? But also at the same time, do you just, or not just is the wrong word, I should stop using it. Do you work on one piece of artwork at a time? Have you got 10 different pieces sitting in various stages of creation? Like what mm-hmm. is what is Cassie's workspace like? What is her work process like? Hectic. <laughs> Hectic was the first thing that came to mind. Um, so <laughs> it's the best way to explain it, honestly. Um, so I have multiple pieces going at the same time mm-hmm. um, in various different stages. So currently in my studio, I've got about three sketched. So just a preliminary sketch. Uh, and then I have probably three in like a middle kind of range of a base layer and then just some finishing touches on some other pieces. So mm-hmm. I find that I get very bored very easily. So I like to bounce around and work on something here, something there, and then kind of try to finish them all up at the same time, if that makes sense, so that I can kind of start again (laughs) with this process. So definitely a few on the go. Um, Most of them will take anywhere between, I would say, 20 and 40 hours um, of work. So that's kind of my average. And um, working with a client um, is 
one of my favorite things and just starting from the beginning of, you know, kind of getting their inquiry, what they're looking for, um, and then moving into like picking a reference, uh, the sketch and then working towards the painting. So Mm -hmm. it's a very involved process. I don't know how much time we have here today, but I'd be happy to go into it further, whatever you want to know, but yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting because I, I think it's probably another place where people may, have trepidation about reaching out to an artist to find out about commissioning work because it's again it's a process you don't hear a lot of you know you know it's a thing you know you can buy work and you know you can actually also instead of buying what's already made you can commission something to be made but it may not be something that people have had the courage to inquire about because I guess in a way Art as a whole, and I'm generalising incredibly here, but it's another thing where it's that whole um, mystery that surrounds art. It's, it's you know, it's the high end, it's in a gallery and it's really, really expensive and it's only to reachable yes. to the people with millions of dollars. But that's not the case. Like it, it's, you know, no. we'd love to sell work for that much, but like but realistically the process isn't yeah. quite as scary as people may think it is. No. And one thing that I found helpful um, over the last five years or so is on my website, I actually have a commission area. Mm-hmm. So right away, I'm kind of capturing the people who may have interest, but I'm giving them a lot of information kind of right off the bat of like what my base price is or um, the kind of commission that I offer. Because a lot of times people will have this idea in their head of what they're looking for, but don't know enough or not you know, knowledgeable enough to say, well, this is what I'm looking for. And this is my budget. Like they just have no clue. And yeah. so by offering this kind of um, like I call it just like a little uh, FAQ, I guess, would be a good place or good hmm. word to describe it. Hmm. Um, just with a little bit of general info, I find really kind of eases people's fear. And I actually get a lot more emails like on my get a quote page because of it. So um, if you ever have a customer who was like, oh, I was afraid to you know, message you maybe something like that on your website or your Etsy page or wherever you're selling your work from, um, might be a, a helpful idea to kind of ease that fear a little bit. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. We've we've sort of covered we've covered a lot. We've talked about wildlife and pets, and and that, I guess that's another thing actually to to touch on a little bit more. Was the was the bringing in the pets into into the process? a natural thing because you're an animal lover and you you know you were loving drawing the big cats and things is it is it in some ways easier or harder to draw or paint sorry a a domestic animal as opposed to a wild animal like what is is there any difference yes or or am I just guessing that there's it's sort of different and it's not really like you're spot on you're spot on yes uh for me personally I find pet portraits much more challenging to paint okay um and the reason yeah no is I was like nodding my head (laughs) as you were saying that um because for me it's the likeness that is Mm -hmm. really important Mm -hmm. you know um anybody who owns a pet doesn't matter what kind um you know you're with your pet 
every day. You know, yeah. you know all of their little birthmarks and maybe there's markings and things that they have. And as an artist, you know, especially unfortunately for memorial portraits, getting that likeness is paramount. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't look like their pet, you're in trouble. <laughs> you know, they're kind of like, oh, it's a golden retriever, but it's not mine. You know, really trying to kind of get that personality and, you know, yeah. all that stuff to shine through. So I always, uh, I, I say I get the sweats a little um, when <laughs> someone asks me to paint their pet. It's a very rewarding experience. I love it. And especially being able to memorialize someone's family member really mm-hmm. um, forever is the most heartwarming experience. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, with wildlife, I can paint whatever I want. And I'm like, yeah you know my tiger came out a little funky but that's okay you know uh whereas with a pet you're going oh like every stroke of paint you're like please be right (laughs) please be right (laughs) so yes definitely (laughs) there's there's no owner to judge you if the tiger isn't quite right like yeah (laughs) exactly yes or or if you wanted to make it your own you add a little bit of you know every artist has a flair I say so you add your own flair to it totally fine whereas you know there's a lot more instruction behind pet portraits I don't like blue I don't want their collar on. Can you Photoshop this? Can you add their favorite ball? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so you're like, okay, no blue. Got it. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a whole nother thing, isn't it? Working with people. Yeah, that's a whole yes. nother thing as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. And we love pet people. You know, yes. I'm a pet person. I love I dogs. So I am there. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely, um, you know, a lot of uh, instruction sometimes. But you know what, that's also super helpful, because not having any direction at all, and then you go the complete opposite way, and they hate it. Yeah. So having that kind of guidance is is super, super helpful. Yeah, I bet it would be. So we've we've kind of, we've touched on briefly we've touched on sort of working with with acrylics and things what what are your favorite brands not only in the actual acrylic itself but also things like the surfaces you work on the brushes you use and then we know that you're you're getting a little bit more serious a little bit more focused on on watercolor so also let's let's touch on the watercolor as well Yeah, sure. Um, So my favorite brands, um, basically, I use a lot of Grumbacker. So also to think it's a disclaimer to say that I am also sponsored by Grumbacker. Mm -hmm. However, I used Grumbacker way before I was ever sponsored. So they found my channels after um, I started using their products, tagging them. Um, I actually had one of my Twitch viewers write a really nice letter um, to Grumbacker's headquarters and said, you know, this, this lady, Cassie Draws, talks about you guys, really pumps up your products all the time. You know, she's like a fangirl through and through, you know, <laughs> can you get in contact with her? And they actually did, which was awesome. So um, I became an artist ambassador and uh, a couple of years ago. So I've been working really closely with them. Um, so Grumbacker for sure. So they have uh, Molotow as well, which are like the um, acrylic pump markers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chartpack owns a lot of different um, sort of art companies, like their sister companies, if you mm-hmm. will. So mm-hmm. um, all of those products. But um, 
definitely, I, I just use standard um, artist loft canvas. It's from Michael's in Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just your standard like pre primed gessoed canvas. Um, and it's worked well for me. So mm-hmm. that I've been really, really happy with. Um, I've touched on some Frederick's canvas as well. I've uh, picked up some round and some oval canvases, which are really cool to work with. Uh So I definitely encourage you break away from the rectangle sometimes try something new. So those circle canvases are cool. And um, yeah, Grumbacker golden edge brushes are my go to's and some Princeton's as well with the blender brushes. I use a lot of big blenders for some background elements. So they have been fantastic as well. And um, oh, the watercolor um, arches arches is my go to block. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer to use uh, them for watercolor and uh, Da Vinci brushes. Um, I have been really, really happy with as well. So that's kind of like my supply list, if you will. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to know, though. I'm, I'm actually curious to know: is there something you wouldn't you wouldn't paint? Is there a subject you just wouldn't even for your own personal work wouldn't even go anywhere near mm-hmm. doesn't interest you or you just don't like doing you've tried it and you just don't like it people okay <laughs> people yes I I for whatever reason I cannot get the hang of painting people um mm-hmm. I've had a few customers ask me you know do you do human portraits like my daughter just turned six or whatever mm-hmm. um and I'm like I just can't bring myself to do it. I, I'm not very good. (laughs) I'm not very good at it. Um, they just, the likeness is not there. They always look very generic. My, my human portraits just don't look right. (laughs) So I just can't seem to get, I just can't (laughs) even me talking about it. Yes, you're very uncomfortable talking about it, but I think it's it is it's, yes, it's interesting. But again, you don't have to draw portraits, like or paint portraits. Like this is the thing, you know what you are good at, and you love what you're good at, yes. and that's fine. That's yes. enough. Like that is yes. enough, and I think it's fine. To, I'm very lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think it's fine to not want to paint something or have some kind of art, art practice that you just it doesn't work for you you know I know like it's that funny thing of there'll be the, the you know the latest trend will be creating whatever it might be and you'll try yes. it maybe and you're like I don't understand why people like this it's okay you don't have right to. <laughs> yes Exactly. And, you know, it's for me, it's like art is supposed to just, you know, bring you joy, get you into that really creative mindset where you almost forget, you know, I, I tend to yeah. say and explain it where I kind of just forget my surroundings and mm-hmm. I've got my music on and I'm jamming out and I'm painting and, um, you know, that's your happy place. And so for me, I always said I would never take a project that takes me out of that. Good. So if I really feel as though I'm not, you know, I'm not, involved, invested at the end of the day, you know, you want what's best for your clients too, your best work and your best kind of foot forward. So, um, for me, it was like, Oh, I just, yeah, (laughs) I learned very early on that, um, uh, I was given a a set of skills to paint animals and not people. And Mm -hmm. I ran with it. (laughs) Perfect. Stick to, stick to what makes you happy and what you love and, and, and you'll be totally fine. Absolutely, yes. So I, I want to sort of start to wrap up the conversation and I want to do that with finding out 
any kind of tips or tricks or suggestions you could have for somebody who, you know, has maybe played around a little bit with acrylic paint but was never happy with it or maybe they're too scared to give it a try? Like what, what would you sort of say to, a, to someone, you know, wanting to play with acrylics? Definitely. Um, my biggest piece of advice would be practice. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be afraid to make a mistake. If you are concerned about wasting material, um, canvases are expensive. There are alternatives like paper. Um, you can buy acrylic pad that you can work from now. That is a much more inexpensive option for you so that you're not tossing out a $30 canvas every time you don't like your painting. So I would definitely say invest in some paper. Um, you know, I always say too, if your budget allows, um, you know, invest a little bit more in your acrylic paint themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Buying a very entry-level acrylic is okay, but I did find that I ended up using a lot more of the basic acrylic. Um, I ended up spending more money because I had to keep buying more and more tubes of paint. Um, They were very translucent, wouldn't layer well. So I definitely say if you can and your budget allows you to, if you can buy a student-grade acrylic, for example, Grumbacher, there's Windsor and Newton options as well. Mm-hmm. Um, all those kinds of uh, brands, if you can, um, definitely do that. And I think it'll make your learning with the material a lot easier as well. You won't be, um, as I say, pulling your hair out, I find, with certain colors and shades. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, just, and even if you don't want to post it to social media, I think sometimes we feel like we should or compelled mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. If it's just a collection for you, you know, paint because it makes you happy. What we were just talking about, paint what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And really just the more you do it and the more you put that brush to canvas, you will improve and learn and continue to grow as an artist. That's perfect. That is perfect advice. I think we could literally wrap it awesome. up here and... Is there, is there anything else you want to talk about or are you, have we covered everything? How are you feeling about our conversation? I'm feeling wonderful. Um, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. And I hope that um, it's helpful, you know, to those who are listening and maybe, like you said, kind of tossing around the idea of being an artist or trying art in general. I hope that they find it helpful. And I just want to say thank you for having me and uh, allowing me to be here today. It's been wonderful. Thank you, Cassie. It's my absolute pleasure. Just before we wrap up, would you tell everyone the best place to find you online? Sure. Yes. So uh, CassieDraws.com is my website. And from there, it pretty much leads you everywhere you want to go, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, whatever it may be. um, There's a link there. So that would be the best place to find me and send me an email. I'm always happy to help with art problems or art questions. So my door is always open. Thank you, Cassie. That's wonderful. Thank you.